0: Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's Wealth Building Wednesday. we got a great show for you guys. Mr. Breedwell, how are we doing? Good, good, good. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's been a wild week mm-hmm. of stocks going red. Oh, I want to get yeah. your take on um, what you're seeing today and also some predictions, some things that we've been talking about. Uh, we've seen some interesting stuff go on in the world kind of yeah, platform. On both sides, like the
1: stock market, like you were saying, and the political side. There's been some weird... Weird items going on.
0: Crypto dropped below, at least not crypto, Bitcoin dropped below uh, 40,000 to start the week, which I know is an important kind of threshold. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. You guys got some insight from one of your analysts that has made some predictions of where it's headed. We've got some updates in terms of rates and real estate and how does that impact your investments or opportunities? Lots to cover today. If you're new to the show, welcome, guys. As always, we talk. All things money on this podcast, money, 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 real estate, of course, the financial markets, and how all of this uh, political and world news ties into your wealth building over the course of your investment journey. And so, we love to have these kind of conversations. We like to throw some curveballs at you. We love debating, having these kind of conversations. And with that being said, we wouldn't have this amazing show without you guys. So thank you so much. If you're yeah, new to the show, guys. be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you haven't said what up to us yet, shoot us a text at 844-447-1555. We had a lot of people call in this last week. I think people are trying to focus on their money. Yeah, y'all disappeared for three weeks. Y'all hit the... Yeah, everybody, everybody was on the, that holiday. Hi. Yes, yes, sir. And now um, we've got a lot of people that are uh, taking advantage of the the free financial x-ray that you and your team do, which is? Uh, What we'll do is if you guys call, um, shout out to the person that called from Canada (laughs) last week. Uh,
1: Just so you guys know on a note on that, if you're out of the country, I'll talk to you, but I literally can't do anything for you. So anyway, we will take a look at your portfolio, what you're doing. Um, I've been able to point a couple people in the direction of like – for syndication or real estate. We normally, Matt's kind of the expert on that and he helps kind of deploy that for our accredited investors. We'll take a look at your investments, your insurance, um, what you're doing, how much in fees you're getting charged, and does it align with your ultimate goals of building your full financial plan? There's no cost or obligation for listeners. And it's about a $2,000 to $3,000 value depending on how many items we analyze and what we implement into the plan. So a really good idea for you guys to take advantage of. Um Again, definitely no downside. That's no downside. Sure. Yeah, literally no loss, just, just
0: information. And uh you can make an informed decision from now on. So you can text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. We're here to be a resource for you guys, not to sell you anything. So if it's something that makes sense for you and something that you really want to, I'm a big believer in getting as much information as I possibly can. Yep. To give me the best opportunity to make the most informed and actionable decision that ties into what goals I'm trying to achieve. And so that's one of the things that we love to offer on the show. With low barriers entry, like you're saying, it's just, you have to ask for it. Yeah, there's no You fee, have to you there's there's no say, hey,
1: this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And we'll give you your our opinion and you can take it as it is. It's
0: so that don't forget easy. to take advantage of that. If you guys are accredited investors and you want to get on my syndications deals list, you can text the word deals to 844-447-1555. Basically, right, syndications are uh, a great way for you to truly invest passively yeah. in great investment opportunities get returns share in profits um, and and that's something that you know I've been doing over the last 5 years of apartments and laundromats and businesses and hotels what's the difference between I try to explain this to people
1: and I know what I would say but I I won't steal any thunder from the storm What's the difference between you and like there's a lot of people that syndicate I know what I tell people and I know what it is there what's, are what's the biggest difference you get you give me the the fuel for my fire like what's the difference between
0: me and most people what's your biggest
1: difference yeah I know I, what it is well
0: uh, when it comes to syndications like a lot of people have gotten very good at understanding information but the difference between a good syndicator and a bad syndicator is you know you've got the opportunity itself right? What does this pro forma say the opportunity to get a return on your investment looks like?
1: And you have to be the person that prepares that pro forma is essentially the one you have to rely on for the outcome of that because it's essentially it's, it's estimations on data input.
0: Correct. So there's the, the challenge that I think a lot of people have run into over the course of the last couple of years is you can engineer a pro forma to look sexy and good, Mm. But that's just one piece of it, guys. The the most important piece is the team behind that pro forma. So you yeah. have the opportunity is one piece of it, right? Is this a good opportunity in a good market? Do I believe in what I'm investing in and that this will be a, a good steward or vehicle Profitable. for my capital? Right. Yeah. Yep. The piece behind that that I think is even more critical, there's not a shortage of there will never be a shortage of good deals. Like sure there's always opportunities. You just got to find them, but good deals are always going to be out there. The team is the most critical piece of all of this. A big asterisk, if you're going to invest in any syndication opportunity, is the due diligence that you do on the team. Because what is on that pro forma needs to be executed on and realized and actualized with the physical asset. And that takes- operating expertise yep so you better have a great team that says this is the opportunity that we see here in this asset and we're going to take it from this to this and here's what that return looks like here's our plan and here's who's doing it is where I think a lot of people miss the mark and so you really got to do that due diligence think of yourself as the jockey and the operating team as the horse you're running a race with somebody that you want to get on a skilled horse that you know can run around the track and win the race. And also,
1: you are not the biggest fallacy that I ever run into or that I see is when people are shown the best outcome Correct. at all times. We call that blue sky. Yeah. Right. Like,
0: let's sell them on the blue sky. Yeah. So, like, there's I think, never going to be a storm. <laughs> we're not going to run into any. So, like,
1: what I tell people is, like, one of the things I appreciate about Matt is. You also put your own personal money into your every deals. deal.
0: Yeah. So you have skin in the game. Always. And then second that should be a question you ask every syndicator is what 100%. Kind of, um what amount of money do you have in this deal, right? Because if they don't believe in their own deal, then they They're really just put money sell, like, in you, it. Yeah. yeah. But, but then like
1: it's almost like what I tell people. Um, like if I do an insurance illustration, I can like use uh up to like a nine percent rate on things. And I normally use like six and a quarter to five point seven percent.
0: Cause if that works out. Then then we're going to be just fine. Yeah, plan for the worst, hope for the best. And that's ultimately, so when we're going back to the pro forma, one of the things that I tell people is, wait, whether you, I know not every syndication or investment we have is going to be a fit for people. Sure. So I look at a lot of different syndications, and I know a lot of great syndicators. I also know a lot of people that are shitty syndicators and are bad. They're great salesmen, but they're bad operators and executors. Yep. And so one of the things that we do that I think really does... Separate us, And why I've won on every syndication and overperformed on every IRR that we've ever put out, literally, is we plan for the worst and that's what our pro forma looks like. And if the deal still has merit and stands off of worst case scenario, or we mitigate and we bake in a lot of contingencies into our pro forma, instead of saying, hey, we're going to do this number. No, what if we just do this? And hey, interest rates we think are going to be here, but you know what? We should pump them up to here just yep. to be safe. Hey, our construction is going to be really this, but you know what? Let's throw in a contingency and buffer on top of that. Oh, it's going to really take this long, we think, but let's project that out even another three or six or 12 months, You know, however much risk we really want to mitigate and bake yep. into it and see how much we can throw in there as a worst case scenario and still have the deal make sense. And if you can do that, and none of those things actually happen or maybe one or two of those things happen but all the other things that you baked into the deal didn't and you're capturing all of that into your returns for your investors you're going to underpromise you're going to overdeliver and that's how you're going to build a good reputation and a lot of people have done the complete opposite they've overpromised and said oh shit we didn't think about this or account for this and you know the blue skies turn into you know Gray. stormy grays real quickly and then right that's where you see a lot of people go what the heck? You know, LPs that are trusting in their operator to give them a good investment opportunity and capture what they got into the deal for in the first place. And so that's where I think it's really important to do the due diligence on your team. Do they have skin in the game? Do they have a track record? Who is this team? And are they really great at what they say they're great at? Or, who are the other people on the team, right? Because there could be co-development or co-syndication type of opportunities where, you know, some people have certain skill sets and others, right, are kind of the yin to the yang. And so I think um, we're going to see a lot of syndications honestly blow up over the next five years because over the last couple of years, people have been underwriting on this sexy, yeah, yeah, this sexy, you know, uh, I can't lose type of mentality and model in the landscape that we were in. But when times change and things shift, if you don't have any of those contingencies or safety nets built into your syndications, you're going to pay the price for it. So,
1: yeah. So essentially not that there won't be errors, but doing almost what I, I and I like to say it this way, that I bake errors into the plan that are in the favor of the client. That way, when the errors happen, it's, Oh, I said five, we got seven. Yes. It's it's just like
0: what the market does, convers- right? Yeah, it's an easier conversation. All Exactly. It's all, I think, smart investors. But you see the market do it, right? Whereas, like, based on news or based on certain things potentially being a, a risk or something that comes up down the road that could impact investor returns, that gets baked into the market. And then people make decisions, and you guys course-correct accordingly, but you've already— we don't, calculated for those things if and when they do happen.
1: We don't sell performance, and I think you don't. You do the same thing. You don't. You do not sell people
0: in the blue sky. The best. This is not going
1: to make you rich if, overnight. Nope. You don't do that. No, I mean,
0: and I think that's where smart money and smart investors that you want to have long term relationships with. They get that. They understand that. They appreciate that. They know they're still taking risk, and that some of those things could happen. But if you're honest, you're upfront about those things, you account for those things and make it known in your pro forma, in your business plan, with your team, those are all things that you can do to mitigate those things. And hopefully they don't come up and you outperform what you're showing on the right the spreadsheet. But that's something that if you're somebody that's looking you know, to invest in syndications, very important things to just keep in mind because there's a lot of people out there that can Sell a good story, and and, and and I can appreciate that. But you know, I look at myself as a capital concierge. I'm here to help steward and shepherd your capital yep. in a way that is. And deserving of first-class service. Yeah, and
1: when you do good on your uh, clients, it looks good on you for the deals that you can procure. So you mm-hmm. get higher quality deals to procure for those clients. Correct. So that's a win-win both ways when you, Absolutely. Do, when you so, do good work.
0: If you guys want to get on that list, shoot me a text, DEALS, 844-447-1555. This week, I told y'all last week that the tech
1: was going to dip, and you know what? Y'all would she, be good to start listening That's like to me the with Tootsie it. Roll.
0: I put your head upon my head When told, I dip you, dip, we dip. <laughs> I don't even know that one. But oh, I that's, like a that. Throw, that's a throw. That's a throwback. Yeah, that's a nineties sure. song. Your,
1: your couple years of age is starting to show. Up uh-huh. for me with four or five years, uh, but the, anyway, no. I said. Um. I said at the end of December, and I said the first week uh, of the first podcast of this year that there was going to be uh, some hurting in tech, and it's simply because guys. The 10-year Treasury uh, currently is trading above 1.8%. That could go down. It could go up. Um, but it simply means that inflation is going to go up. There's there's definitely going to be three interest rate hikes. We may even see a fourth one. I think, we think Goldman Sachs just came out with a report 30 or 40 minutes ago that they might forecast that as well. Mm. Um, that is bad for tech stocks. And I don't mean that slight rising in interest rates, like one to two interest rate hikes per year is bad for tech. But when we're going to get three to four... And you have a rotation that I called again that began last year, mid year. I was saying, hey, we are starting to see a lot of people move into value. We're going to start getting into that area as well. You
0: said rotate from tech to value. And that's
1: starting to really aggressively happen. And I think there's two things that are making that happen and and show so hard in January. One, the Fed's uh, open market, the Federal Open Market Committee's comments, um, and then the fact that they're, they're, shortening the length of time over which they're going to do that, you know, five or six fold. When these tech stocks are highly leveraged, which they are, and leverage is just a fancy word for debt, guys. That means that the debt that they issue gets pretty expensive to maintain, and they can't maintain that debt. They're going to have to recall back on that debt. And instead of using percentages of those numbers to fund their, you know, empire six, seven percent of $100 million dollars, they're now going to have to use $100 million to get the same efficacy that they could get with 7% of $100,000. I.e., instead of taking investors' money and using it, they're going to have to use their own cash on hand. And then that's going to erode on their, like I said, their balance sheet, and that's going to make them look worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So there's a point, or what we like to call a level of diminishing returns with anything. Those stocks start to become statistically and factually too expensive to buy compared to value stocks and value stocks are defined by companies that have all that shit that tech stocks are struggling with under control. And because of that, they then should definitely be the outperform. I was not a hundred percent right when I said that I thought value might outperform growth by the end of the year. It didn't, it's slightly underperformed. Um, if you don't include yield, so we're just going on annualized return. Mm-hmm. But I think the street consensus this year is that value, again, is going to be a strong area to have your money. And now definitely with rate hikes on the yeah. the table, because you have to have money on hand to handle the cost of money going up. If you don't have any money already, you're going to have to acquire that money at a higher cost than it currently is. So that's, that's kind of the whole thing going on. I would expect tech to have a, a terrible week it should have a really bad week this week, and it will. It should continue to have uh, a bad week. We're in correction territory. Um, we should continue to go down. And for all of my investor clients, you know that are listening, and for anybody else out there that has tech, it's still a good time to hold it, and it's still a good time to buy it if you're young and you have a time horizon like myself, or if you have an appetite
0: for risk. Yeah, I was right? going to say. I mean obviously times like right now i mean i'm good to you and i we're yeah, both in tech yeah, pretty heavy. heavy 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 and right now is kind of hey, it's a great time it's to buy discount. it's
1: discount you know what so, dollar trees back down to a dollar guys <laughs> yeah. so
0: let's talk about that for a quick second right <laughs> like this is not financial advice guys but we like to bring these are the conversations that Ryan and i have so let's let's just say hey you've got 20 grand Sitting on the sideline, that you're like, shit, man. Some of the I know I'm 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 long on on my investment strategy. So if you're thinking that you're buying at a dip right now or at a discount, you know what would be potentially some of the stocks that you and I would want to take a look at. Um, If I
1: was to take a look at some of the names that I like, um, I would veer towards the semiconductor area. Like I was uh, talking about with you earlier, I think some of the names that we both came up with were like. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, some holding companies that have semiconductor stuff, uh, maybe going towards AMD or in, NVIDIA. And, um, and no, why? Well, th- th- you want to go towards, obviously, Taiwan Semiconductor. They make semiconductors. Right. <laughs> All right. but But just in general, why
0: that sector? Because there's tech?
1: a shortage in semiconductors, and semiconductors are widely used in a lot of our heavy tech um stuff especially cars and especially with electric cars becoming on the forefront those are just needed um you know Ford Motor Group was really the only motor motor group that ended up being able to stave off some of that semiconductor loss because they had an overage of it mm-hmm. um so i think exposure to that is just like hey there's a need just like still i know that home builders and stuff are down but if inventory remains low yeah. they're going to build what houses and they'll continue to build houses until inventory regulates and yep. so g- being somewhere towards lumber or or building suppliers is going to be good um i also like it when there's overplay or like when i was working back in college you know back in the kitchen they used to say we want to cross train you we want you to have a skill here but also be able to do something else here because then you're more valuable when you have these plays like Microsoft or AMD or even NVIDIA to a certain degree where their product is used in multiple spaces, they have a little bit more flexibility and they have more of a wider moat and less of a tranche to be stuck in. And I really like that. And I think some of the good metaverse plays, although it's really young and early in that, kind of what is that going to look like? Is it going to be esports? Is it going to be commerce Is it going to be virtual glasses or alternate reality? What, whatever. Nobody really knows it. It's all just a guessing game, kind of like when electric cars came out. Um, but I think being exposed to, to a player that can afford to be in that space yep. but doesn't affect their bottom line unless it goes
0: up. It's kind know? of like their fringe you know, investment within their internal – They'll buy a. The, what they'll do is they'll go buy a company, yep. so it's a tax write-off. Yep. And then
1: they'll use that company to do it. So if the company fails, it's not Microsoft. But if the company does good, it's a subsidiary right. of Microsoft right. or a subsidiary of Apple. I'm not saying any one mm-hmm. company. Just using that as yeah. an example. That that is a preferred method to me rather than saying let me go put all my money on Black Forty Two. Mm-hmm. I'd rather play the crapshoot versus just playing, you know, I'd rather play or red other. or black yeah. than play black 42. Yeah. I'd rather be in the space as a whole rather than try to say I know the right. Would yep. you win if you hit the the do you get paid out if you hit black 42? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you still make (laughs) a lot of money if you hit black. Absolutely. And so the likelihood of hitting black 42 is a whole hell of a lot higher. So the thing that, you know, and I think people's appetite for risk will start to back down to over the next coming years because we just don't have the market environment to have the rates of return and
0: meme stocks and IPOs and stuff like
1: we did last year. I wish we did, but we just don't anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think when you and I were talking about esports, too, and how that whole marketplace – and, and and how it ties into the metaverse. Oh, yeah. you know it, Some it, of the
1: ideas that I was hearing about were just, I was like, those are like cool. They, those are really cool.
0: They, they're starting to make sense and kind of people are starting to see where there could be some real traction in some of these correct verticals of the metaverse, right? Because yeah. there's so many of them.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, think about one of the ones that we were talking about that I think is the most intriguing is like, Taking people that have the mental fortitude to know how to be a professional athlete but maybe don't have the physical capabilities yep. and having like a game played on avatars that they would
0: have like the which, ability to the exercise ability to that exercise that talent, that talent. Yeah. yeah and it's like I know it's virtual, but it's gonna. I mean, you're going to see virtual athletes become celebrities. Yeah. But then think of the implications to moving even
1: farther into that. I know I'm diving down a rabbit hole, but like, you know, then there's less people getting injured and there's maybe we can get to the point where it's so real that, you know, we can enjoy it as much as we enjoyed a real game, except the people then have a higher quality
0: of life. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, let's, let's, let's circle it back to money. There's going to be billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars in new marketplace opportunity that Mm -hmm. can get pioneered. And this is a whole new blue ocean that investors and big companies like Apple and Microsoft and other big tech players are exposing themselves to and looking to pioneer. I mean, it's just so looking at like like you said, going back to, hey, you know. ABC Company is leading the way in this, and I think they're going to be the one that takes over versus saying, hey, Microsoft has got, you know, 1% of what they're doing allocated over here. It just happens to be $800 million. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So I I like that. So some of these tech stocks on sale, guys, I think is a good opportunity to look at right now.
1: You should obviously make sure that you talk with your financial advisor or financial planner before you implement any type of investment. Um, if you don't have anybody like that, you can text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. And me and my team will be happy to talk to you if you're looking to implement an investment, but you, you have to do due diligence. We've said it like for the past couple of years on how things work out for Matt and I, because Matt does different things in me and I do different things for Matt, but Matt and I both have success in our uh, outcome. It's, we have a plan and a process And we just follow that plan in the process. So when you do... And we visit it often. Yeah. And if you do... If you do that and you stick to it, and you know like right now, when i'm mean my accounts are down six, seven, eight percent probably today, I have to stick to that plan. It's not fun to stick to it on days like this, but I have to remember the days when I'm making twenty or thirty percent a month to know that this is what you you strap up for those these kind of days with those wins mm-hmm. so again, a plan and a process is a really important thing to have for any type of investment
0: so we got some reporting and some you know some meetings. Some, yeah, yeah, Some things that are gonna be coming out this week that
1: Chairman we, Powell has like his testimony. That's where he'll come on TV, he'll say like a quick speech, and then all reporters will like zoom, interview him. It's just the the kind of the big curveball for him is like, what am I going to get asked? And how do I answer that? Because literally as he's speaking, normally the market is open. It's maybe towards the end of the day or the middle of the day, but he's he's talking while the market is open. Um we have inflation CPI. And I think that CPI is going to be, last time it was 6.8. And I think people are saying it'll be 6.9 to to 7% year over year. So December to December, I think it's going to be closer to 7.1 or 7.2%. And when we do these month over month, because um, when you do a year over year, but every month, so December, to December, January to January, just mm-hmm. checking the trend. And it's like, Last year it was 6.5, this year it's one. Then we go to the next month. Last year it was 6.7, this year it's 7.3. It's just to help us see that this definitely is a trend in an upward direction, and it's indicative that costs of goods and services are continu- going to continue to go up until interest rates rise to moderate them. Um, that's just the bottom line. Mm. Um, when interest rates rise it 'll be more expensive to use money when it 's more expensive to use money there 'll be less money in the market that'll kind of help prices cool cool down because what 's happening right now is people are just charging more and more and more because they can yeah um look at your gas price i mean last year you got double the gas yeah for the same for the same gallon of gas i
0: mean hotel rooms are up almost twenty five percent across the board I see a slight i see I, say, I see a little
1: grinch <laughs> twist up in your face right there. <laughs>
0: And, oh, there happened it's to be a storm. Be, it's <laughs> just because that's what the marketplace allows, well, exactly. right? And yeah. so what, based on where inflation is at right now, people—you know at least the people that have the ability or the businesses, industries that have the ability to do that are going to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that happening.
1: This is simply like when we were back in, in high school and middle school learning about supply and demand, this is exactly what people were meaning when they said that supply is low, demand is historically unbelievably high. And it's coupled with the fact that people are wanting to definitely, especially get out and do stuff like in your arena, because we've been told we can't do so for so long. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's gonna be something that will be somewhat sticky, right? Although, you know, talking about transitory inflation versus like this you, stickiness.
1: You said something this weekend that I thought was very good. And I think I agree with it. I think in the middle of the year, and I you mentioned you heard it on like another podcast. Yeah. Or some, middle of the year, the Democrats are just going to stop talking about COVID. And it's just going to disappear. almost
0: as if it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. And I, and like well, when the you reason, said that, I was like, yeah, because now the CDC is from 10 days to five days. Yep. Now the, it's, all of the the data and the trends are, starting to, are going like, in they're that planting direction. The yep. Oh, hey, you know what? If you have mild symptoms, Dignity Healthcare comes out today. If you have mild symptoms, no worries with COVID. Come on to come on to work. As long as you're vaccinated.
0: No, literally. So, and so I'm like <laughs> that was uh it's I, just gonna I, just poof disappear. I saw an article this week and magically and it, as it appeared, it, it will was, disappear. It was in our area. It was, you know, from the KCRA three, Sacramento, but it basically said healthcare workers who tested positive and are asymptomatic for COVID nineteen are allowed to return to work. According to new guidelines by the California State Department of Public Health, no quarantine or testing is required. So now they're going from, if you're asymptomatic, like if you are showing symptoms, right, to basically you got to bunker y- yourself up for 14 days to 10 to now 5 to now going like, oh, I if bet you're it's asymptomatic, f- just come come back to work. You're good. Yep. And like, it's just going to
1: be dumber. And then what's happened, they're going to use, I like that you said middle of the year because I go, Yeah. That summertime.
0: Right. Right when, when it's a po- everything is calming down so and there's normally not a cold and people will be like,
1: absolutely. This makes complete and total sense. Right.
0: So, I mean, like, that's it. That's like. Cause, so, uh, listening to this podcast is two. I've never or, done that voice. Four billion. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was nice. Four billionaires, two of them are Democrat, two of them are Republican, and they're very much like us, where you know they're they're level-headed they're logical they can hear an argument from the other side and see what makes sense and one of the democrats was like he's like look man i'm i'm a, i'm a democrat i'm not a far left leaning democrat but i'm i'm a democrat and we've been through enough lockdowns we've been through enough mandates you know with passports and you know vaccines and all this stuff mass that all of the strictest mandates have not worked prevented the spread or decreased it. If anything, like the people that right now, like look at Israel, you know, they're the most vaccinated country in the world and they're having another massive breakthrough cases of whether it's Delta Cron or, you know, they're like the Rona, whatever it is. But like, we've been through enough now and seen the most extreme measures taken and what the outcomes and the detriments have been, whether it's mental and physical health, whether it's Economic and financial health, like those being completely catastrophic and not working, the Democrats, because it's a midterm year of elections, they cannot afford to have another fuck up like that. And so it's one of these things where I, you're going to start seeing them slowly, like this narrative will go away. It's like perfect example, you know. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network you know, CNN is pumping that you got to have Krispy Kreme donuts for free and you get vaccinated to now saying being obese is, you know, the biggest risk to dying with COVID. And it's like, no, you guys, no shit, you yeah, took yeah. away all the gyms, you took away all of the restaurants and, you know, access to all these Quality resources food, yeah. and things that people need to go and have a healthy lifestyle. And yet now, you know, so again- it's one of those things where I just think we'll see, hopefully, and that'll be good for the economy as a whole. Hopefully the psychology of you know the average American Agreed. will start to improve and, and move in the right direction. But I think this last week, the governor uh, said that 51% of COVID hospitalizations in NYC are not actually due to the virus. They have the virus, but they're not due to the virus.
1: Which is, again, what what a lot of people have been saying that the virus is definitely real and serious, sure, but it just absolutely. it just heightens comorbidities, right? Which is like our can't. Do you have a, a weakened respiratory system? Do you have a weakened immune system? Those will be exposed in times like that, and that's not been been anything crazy. I remember when my like grandfather many years ago got walking pneumonia, and he was like hospitalized.
0: They put him in a big sealed room. Yep,
1: because when you're old and you get sick at any level, you're right. frail and fragile. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Just, but not to the point where now we're gonna shut down our economies and our take people's jobs away and their ability to take care of their families. But I mean, what's happening around the country? There's some crazy well, yeah, shit going Canada, on in Australia, Australia Canada, Australia Canada New not, Zealand. I mean it's
1: Kazakh uh, is it Kazakhstan? I think that Kazakhstan is also having some I don't know if it's due to COVID, but I've been seeing that pop up a lot, lots of protests there. So, you know, the world is is still heightened with all this stress, but I think I hope that that's real. I'd be happy if it just goes away. I don't
0: care. I would as well. And, you know, if anything, it would, I think, be great for our economy as a whole. It would be great for people's investments as a whole. It would just be good to be done with freaking COVID. It it really would be, for sure. With that being said, you know, Bitcoin has been tied to a lot of, or not Bitcoin, but crypto in general, I think, has been tied to a lot of these global um narratives and these global responses mm-hmm. and your analyst made some predictions this week we, about where you guys think crypto yeah. or maybe bitcoin specifically is going y'all heard me say i i still hold my it'll
1: eventually just be worth nothing but i do you're think still holding that line holding strong baby um i know i was temporarily wrong but there's my plan and process stuck to it and look who's back in the dubs um <laughs> Crypto, crypto should continue to go down. Um, and and here's its big exposure: why it's not a, fl- a hedge against inflation. Inflation is going up.
0: Crypto's going crypto's
1: down. Crypto's going down. Yeah. So to all my crypto bros, to the DM, uh, to my DM happy friends, your DM warriors, yeah, who have magically stopped sending me direct messages because now there's nothing for them to talk about because everything they said was wrong. I told you, and I will continue to be right because I don't base things off of cultish once or unrealistic, non-quantifiable things. It's just based on pure data. Uh, by the way, let me just also remind you guys, there's been no federal regulation announced, which I would strap up for it because they're probably going to announce some this year, and that's going to make the price tank even further. 20000 by the end of December. You heard it here first. 20000 that's, that's by what we're, the end of that's December? That's where we think it may Your it should prediction. be. Um and you know what I may be wrong but people have been able, people have been saying bitcoin to 100,000 for 7 years so I'll have six more lives after that
0: That is crazy you know what I remember it was like it's been like a running f- five, 000, six years 000, yeah 100, been 100, 000, 000, 000, 000, 000, 000, it's been 100,000 100,000 it's, it's never, never
1: ever gotten there it yeah. got 60% of the way there but you know what nobody ever bragged about
0: finishing 60% of a race this is true you ain't lying we also know that um we may have some smart millennials that took some oh, cash yeah. off the table. I yeah. thought this was a cool headline for the year. Let me pull that up real quick. It said that more than one in 10 first-time home buyers sold crypto to fund down payments. I think that that's a very smart thing for people to do because
1: it's a reallocation of profits into a different asset class. So you took profits from one, you opened up a new avenue in a different asset class. And
0: that was 12. Let me see here. What did we see? It was for all the bad things I said about 12% of first time buyers indicated that selling cryptocurrency holdings contributed toward building a down payment for a house that's up from 8.8% of buyers surveyed in the third quarter of 2020. Yeah, it's, 50, and, and,
1: uh, it's a 50% increase.
0: Yes. I mean, you're year, year, it's 50%. But like, I think 50%. you said something that was interesting too is last year was a pretty, let's just say, good so, year if you, for crypto. If you
1: look at crypto from 2019 to 2020 to 2021 and you look at the trend in 2019 being 4.6, 2020 being 8.8, and 2021 being 12%, that's yep. right in lockstep with what the crypto market as a whole and Bitcoin and Ethereum being the main ones really – Did was they were uptrending? I would almost predict that if they took the same metric for 2022, that it may have a drop back below even the 2019 number Mm. because a lot of the profits in the crypto market are simply gone. Yeah, two trillion dollars. Excuse me, one trillion dollars was wiped out of of the crypto market in the past six days. That's crazy. So that's a lot of money leaving. That's half of the half of the money in the crypto space gone elsewhere. I would argue that- Where'd it that, go? Um, I think it's on the sidelines in money market accounts because that's what we're seeing, mm. increasing deposits on money markets. And that means people are going to start buying stocks. Mm. So we should have a rebound in equities at some point. Um, I know oh. people are buying value stock. You can yeah. see that because financials, energy- um consumer defensive and then like um grocers and healthcare; those are starting to get picked up and those are defensive sectors because those are kind of things that always are needed no matter what
0: mm, makes sense i saw the statistic millennials hold 4.8 percent of all wealth there are now 40 year old millennials at the same age gen x had nine percent of wealth and boomers at the same age had 21 percent of all the wealth the, the largest generation in history did what the system told them to do and became the most educated in history, but now they're also the most poor in history. Yeah,
1: we went over that, that that was one of the biggest fallacies. There's a documentary out, um, I think you can find it on Netflix, and it really goes into how the unregulation of student loans, and, mm-hmm. then, the, and then the fact that there was almost culpability by the universities and, and oh, colleges saying, well, they're not going to regulate a child asking for unlimited amounts of money. We're just going to start jacking the price per unit through the roof. I mean, when I when I went to school, when I started, it was $37 a unit. And when I got out of school, it was over $150 a unit. Wow.
0: Just because they can. Yeah. And, 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 and when you monopolize the space, you control the price. Look
1: at the universities. Yeah. I mean, we built a freaking, we, we built a one Sonoma State, 10,000 students. The fucking $1 billion music center.
0: (laughs) Billion. $1 billion.
1: And they they went four times over budget. Nobody stopped them because they're like, it's okay. We have all the students paying for it. I'm not kidding you. Is it a beautiful music center? Hell yeah. Did I see Yo-Yo Ma get down, freaking throw his little things out and play the piano? Yeah, I saw it. But it was a billion dollars, and they're still paying for it. Yep. That kind of stuff, if it's happening at Sonoma State University. Oh, yeah. I cannot even imagine what's going on at Harvard, Yale, all, and please don't sue me, schools. But literally, I can't imagine what's going on at the level when they have endowment funds mm-hmm. of $30, $40 billion, what
0: they're doing. It is crazy. So anyway. I do think that you know we'll still continue to see um, some opportunity in, you know, different sectors of product in real estate. Like we saw industrial have a really hot, you know, last year, right. With the commodities,
1: all commodities that fed into that. Exactly. Right.
0: Like you look at those two kind of converging together. Um, there's, there's some, there's some, runway for some certain sectors of product that I think are going to be stable and 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 good growth type of assets.
1: There's a bull market everyday somewhere.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Housing inventory is down half percent week over week, you know, we keep talking about especially with let's just say right now tech doing what it's doing and the stock market doing what it's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Is the market crash looming? Is the bubble coming? Is yeah. it going to pop? Right, if and- all
1: three indices are moving in lockstep. If the Dow was down two percent, with it's not. Yep. It's that's why we have the three indexes to show you that. And 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 if inventory was hot and high, and and prices were hot and high, there'd be a story to tell. But man, I feel like just people. And it happens in my world. So welcome to what I feel like every single day. Yep. Um, But people just nitpick the data and sew it up into whatever blanket they want to put on you. And hopefully it keeps you warm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we are going to just continue to pay attention to, again, policy and and what you have to do to get debt and leverage. It's not reckless. So it's very stringent. It's very dialed in now. And if we continue to see interest rate hikes... You know, curb a little bit of demand, but inventory remains low. And this is how, you know, one, home builders cannot keep up with getting enough houses on the market, right? We're seeing in January, inventories down, you know, half a percent week over week, which is... And weather is going to contribute to that. I would say, which is not uncommon. But when you see, like, place big companies like Apple and Google and Meta commit to four and a half billion dollars of capital to build 40,000 homes. And this is just in the Bay Area specifically. For their workers, correct? For their workforce housing. And they only get 1,500 of those completed. The biggest, most resource, most capitalized companies in the world. And they're committing to putting more supply on the market. And their resources can only deliver 1,500 homes a product. Of forty thousand committed, that should tell you something, right? That should tell you that there is a major bottleneck and there is a major lack of capabilities to produce supply. So we're not going to see some massive flood of inventory hit the market. No, and we're not going like to see. Yeah, I mean, it, we're we're just not going to see that type of. Um, I think volatility in the housing market that some people may be predicting is going to happen. Are there going to be little you know, ebbs and flows of it? Of course. There always are. Right? But we're going to see mortgage rates continue to jump up. Yep. right. We said at least Multiple three to four times. hikes this year. As yep. of today, mortgage rates jumped to 3.4%, uh, which is the highest since 2020. Um, biggest jump in 10 months. So, you know, they're predicting rates going to be over mortgage rates going to be over 4% by the end of 2022, which just see so no when it's still I,
1: dirt cheap. When I got my first
0: housing loan,
1: it was 4.5%. Yeah, so affordability is, is affordability's
0: still going to be there and if inventory, you know, levels regulate and have some of these bumps and dumps, like it, it's it's going to be normal.
1: It's like people are so used to the good life, they don't remember the real life.
0: Oh. Pre-COVID, this is like We're still
1: not even back to pre-COVID rates. Yeah. We were already here, guys. Things were great. Stock market was ripping. Donald Pump was in there. (laughs) Donald Pump. You can get a fresh cup of orange juice every morning and just turn on the TV. I mean, man, it was great.
0: Well, leaving it with this, you can't expect to live a full life without assuming some risk. Mm -hmm. There's a spectrum between precaution and panic. And if it isn't well calibrated, you can miss out on the best things life has to offer. And Is that quote Matthew H. No, no. Uh, that, that was uh, that it's was like from, man, that was a bathroom. And room. I and I think it, it it's such a good reminder, right? Like, especially when, oh my gosh, the market's red. Guys, we're playing this thing for your mentality years. should be long term in everything that you do. You're gonna approach with disciplines and habits and opportunities that you take and decisions that you make with a much better context and decision if you're playing long versus playing short. 100%. And that's why we love to have these conversations, bring you guys along for the ride. If you have any topics, questions, comments, shoot us a text at 844-447-1555. If you enjoyed today's show and you're not subscribed, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review in iTunes. um, And we will continue to uh, monitor some of the interesting trends that we're starting to see roll out in 2022, boys. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have some comments about what happened
1: this week, next week. So I'll look forward to seeing you guys there. And- uh, With that being said.
0: With that being said, yeah. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. uh, Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on, Or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals, So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free, so be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high-net-worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP one word to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you wanna know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a Million and Beyond. Cheers, my friends.